0: So, Berto, I asked people to send us short questions and little things that we might be able to comment on in culture and in psychology, and I thought we would go over some of those so I can scratch them off my list because I'm a, I'm a list scratcher. What do you say, Berto?
1: I love that idea.
0: This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist, a professor, and someone who messes up idioms by saying things like list scratcher. <laughs>
1: List scratcher. My name is Umberto
0: Castañeda, and I make Velcro with buttons. So <laughs> that's one of the best ones you've ever said. <laughs> what do you mean? It's my job. So love sync. Have you heard of this thing? Love sync. So it's it, it's blowing up on the internet. It's a there's these people that are putting out a Kickstarter. Okay, where you they're selling this thing for 50, 60 bucks, uh-huh. and it's these two little buttons, these little discrete buttons that, uh-huh. that look h- kind of high-tech. And you put them on your nightstand. Okay. And when you press the button, it's an indication. You just do it quietly. You press the button. It's an indication that you're down to clown. Oh. And then if the other person doesn't press the button... Then nothing happens. Oh. But if the within a time limit. Yeah. If the other person presses the button too, quietly, then the both of them light up in a certain way to indicate that you both indicated you're down to clown and you're ready to do the horizontal mambo.
1: But where do you put these buttons?
0: On your nightstand.
1: Oh, so it's with your significant other. Yeah. Oh, I thought this was like at some party. <laughs> <laughs> or at a movie theater. <laughs> yeah.
0: I guess I, I should have stipulated <laughs> The implication is that this is a when you're in a long-term relationship. Okay, okay. And they say it's a, a cure or a solution for awkward initiations. Oh,
1: I like it. So, I was thinking, because I was thinking it was more of my idea, I was going to wear one on my chest with a little sign saying,
0: always on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it might still be that case, really. But yeah, so the Kickstarter they wanted to get to 7500 and they already have 15,000. They have Yikes. they have 328 backers, which isn't a lot on Kickstarter, but these are people who are I think giving like 50 bucks a piece. Yeah, I mean
1: that's significant.
0: And as of today there are 19 days to go. Wow. They say it will enhance your romance, increase sexual frequency, avoid awkward rejection and improve romantic communication. Will it though? So here's so here's the hate. Lots of people are hating on it. The Verge wrote an article: Earth is dying, and this couple is crowdfunding a sex button. Uh, and some tweets from people. I love to I love to anonymously trigger my horniness device in the hopes that my partner has also triggered their <laughs> horniness device, and that the patent pending lovesync technology uh, finds consensus in our sexual desire <laughs> s- spectrum ratings. Another person. I love it. If my husband spent $50 on a button to summon me to have sex with him, he wouldn't be having sex with anyone for a while. I love it. So people are saying it's impersonal, that it doesn't actually fix the communication problem. It actually adds to it. If anything, you'd be pissed off. You're like,
1: Damn it. Why are you not push- Is this thing working? Do you see that I'm pushing the button?
0: <laughs> People say it's not very romantic and it, you know, uses tech to solve a non-tech problem. What about problem. a bell?
1: <laughs> ta-ding, ta-ding, ta-ding. <laughs> well,
0: what do you think, Berta?
1: Now, I, 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 at first I was like going along with the story thinking, oh yeah, that's not But now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, why would that make the problem better? Because you're sitting there and you're like, presumably you're in bed sitting there. Okay, I'm going to do this tonight's the night when I press the button and she presses the button or he and I go bing waiting waiting why on earth am I not gonna be frustrated
0: why am I not gonna say something
1: about it It it's like you never press the button when I press the button
0: right so it doesn't solve that problem by any means right exactly as you described it which would be a common thing because there's a lot of you know as a couples therapist who's worked with a lot of sexual issues in couples and in individuals by the way there is almost always a libido disparity in couples particularly long term there's almost always someone if, if not universal who even in period sometimes it comes in periodic waves like one person wants sex all the time for this few years the other person you know not all the time but they want it more often And, but often it's this consistent difference and some people say it's by gender. And certainly on average it might be, but I've worked with plenty of heterosexual couples where, where the uh, female member of the marriage was much more wanting to have sex more often. And the male was the one who was like, yeah, I'm not really into it tonight. So anyway, the point is, is that it's a very frequent thing. So I totally get the hate. I get the commentary I get that people would say that this wouldn't necessarily solve your problems and you know they make they make some good arguments. But really, I don't understand why the internet would really focus on this. Sure, yeah. Uh, there are so many silly products. <laughs> well, to quote The Verge, the
1: world is dying and this is the hill you decide to die in. <laughs>
0: right. And to take meta, the world is dying and you want to hack on this thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, instead of, instead of, you know, anyway, the point is, is that there are a lot of silly products that deserve to be ridiculed. Right. Uh, can you think of one? I can think of one very easily that is almost ubiquitous in our society that should be ridiculed all the time. Really? Can you, can you think of, of a, a snuggie? <laughs> no, uh, bottled water.
1: Oh, wait a minute. Interesting. Let's hear your perspective on this.
0: It's a complete rape on our world. Because of the plastic. The plastic, the production of it. Okay. One, when tap water is perfectly fine. What
1: about glassed water, though? Like in glass bottles?
0: Well, it's better. I mean, glass, from what I understand. So you're not
1: objecting to the water itself, or are you?
0: Well, I am because when you have... If you're talking about glass water that is transported by trucks that pollute the environment and 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 then you have to dispose of the glass through trucks I that see. pollute them so like, you'd be like
1: more like buy a filter and shut up
0: <laughs> yeah or uh if your water isn't good enough which it likely is then you, and probably the same thing that's in the bottled water then go to your government and your utilities and figure out a solution to that but,
1: oh, I, but I think i see i see so i think every any every
0: expert who yeah. looks into this has come out with and i've and I've listened to these experts have pointed out that our bottled water situation, when people buy, you know, whatever you buy yeah. in bottles, it is one of the worst things that we are doing. That would okay. be so easily changeable. Okay, we, I,
1: I, I hear that.
0: We didn't do it twenty years ago, and we were right. fine. You know, and pe- so everyone I, well, wasn't falling over dead from not drinking bottled water, right? You know?
1: Well, I mean, that's not universally true. You know, there were severe problems with water hy- hy- hygiene across the world but
0: across the world yeah
1: so bottled water in some parts of the world is actually a lifesaver okay yeah but 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 let's take it but let's not take in it in the modern States. world yeah let's take it in the modern world I hadn't considered your point because I actually do buy uh, uh, not all the time but I sometimes buy uh, the, these coming glass bottles but it's it's a specific water that that is uh, bottled in the East Coast and so clearly it has to be transported and you're right, that is causing a lot of pollution to do that. So I hadn't considered that. That's good for opening opening my mind. The reason I like to filter my water, at the very least, is not that it's uh, got bacteria or anything. It's just the, the fluor- fluoride and chlorine.
0: Great, and by all means, and or you know, lobby your politicians to okay. do that for you because you, you could do it in a much more environmentally sure. safe way. Uh, one, don't put the fluorine in it to begin with. Well, uh, you
1: might need to. But let's just get a filter.
0: A filter can can work wonders. Sure. Or have two different taps, you know, whatever. The point is, is that bottled... So there are ridiculous things in our society that are actually damaging our world... Yeah, that's fair. ...that the internet should be focusing on. I didn't
1: even think about that. Good point.
0: And there's countless others. Yeah. Uh, Snuggies.
1: Well, like uh, overly overly eating uh, meat products.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So... Uh, but here's the thing uh, that I think a lot of people that are criticizing this in my estimation don't understand. And let me explain it from my narcissistic soapbox. (laughs) Long-term couples struggle with this sort of problem. Okay. It's very frequent and it can get to the point where some couples never have sex at all. Wow. So we're not talking about Couples that are, you know, when you first meet often for allosexual people, people into having sex, they will, in the beginning, in the first year or two or three, they have sex pretty much as often as possible. Right. Or at least it's not. Frequently. They have frequently and and there's no complaints by either person. But after five, 10, 40 years, (laughs) things cool down a little bit. One. Two, you have kids. Three, you have careers and stress. You it's, get older. <laughs> it's it's not so, you're not so lustful for your partner as you once, <laughs> once were. It's just natural for that to happen. And maybe conflict happens around sex. Right. Maybe some awkwardness. And rejection, maybe even traumatized from previous relationships or right. something. But differences in libido. And there are problems. And to just say, well, why don't you just talk about it? It is not that fucking easy. Right. When you have all these issues, particularly when things go down into a certain rut. I mean, I've worked with couples who hadn't had sex for five, 10 years. And even before that, it was like a slow death before, you know, before that I've worked with, I've worked with gay and lesbian couples as well. I mean, everyone experiences this. so so the, People who are criticizing this, I suspect they are not old enough to have had a relationship long enough to experience this I see, and they're just like, "Oh, this is so dumb now, am I saying that this is some wonderful product? No, but what I 'm saying is it's like, well, there are a lot of people suffering, and you know maybe for us ten thousand couples in the United States, this will actually be a, some slight assistance to them. Mm. And is that worth $50 to that couple? Yes. Is this something that's going to work for a lot of people? No. But there are are so many people suffering from this. We kind of need all the help we can get. Mm. Um, Now, of course, a better approach is to go to a therapist who specializes in this and help the communication. Once you get the communication going, once you address the traumas and the awkwardness and the resentments and the fears, and the weird meanings that people attribute to things, you know, she rejected me, that means that she thinks I'm a fat slob. And it's like, no, you know, it's not what it means. And working on that, you can absolutely help. But you know, in lieu of that, or maybe even in addition to that, a device like LoveSync could actually be, you know, really helpful. And to ridicule it, I think, is a form of Ignorance and marginalization to couples that actually suffer from this sort of thing.
1: All right, I buy it. You know what we need then? Uh, I'll, I'll email the LoveSync guys. When you press the button, it does two things it notifies the other party, and so they, they have the choice. But if they don't press that button in five seconds, a screen comes up and your therapist shows up, <laughs> and you have a conversation about it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I've worked with couples. Like this before who have really had issues with this because they in the advertisement, they sort of make fun of how sometimes it's really awkward to to initiate, you know, what do Um, you what do you say, Uh, you, you know, that doesn't seem silly or weird. Plus, you're kind of putting yourself out there. And if the other person doesn't want to, it hurts more. And if you just press this button and they reject you, it doesn't hurt as much It's the idea maybe right. for some people. And, of course, it could hurt just as much depending on how you took it. But for some people, maybe it wouldn't. And and I've actually done this with couples before. I've, this is actually a major component of trying to rekindle a sexual relationship between people is helping them to initiate things without being afraid of it being awkward or rejecting and um, building that trust, because there's nothing wrong with rejecting sex, but there is something wrong with rejecting it and making the other person feel like shit. Yeah, yeah, right.
1: <laughs> you can say to <laughs> like, the person, "No, you slob."
0: Yeah, or just like, "I'm busy," you know, or right. really short answers. Nothing to be like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry." I love it that you want to have sex with me for the fifth year in a row. I have a headache. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, so I work on a lot of these kinds of things, you know, cuddling and showering. And one of the things that I've found actually pretty almost universal success with is scheduling. Either putting it on this like, okay, it's Sunday night. When are we going to have sex this week? You actually put it on the schedule. Or you do it the same time every night. Actually work with a couple or same time every week. Actually work with a couple who actually came up with this on their own as we were exploring this. And they decided that they were going to have sex every Friday night. Okay. Because they spent the weekend together. Right. And when they had sex at the beginning of the weekend... It, it made it, it better. Yeah. And you know, if they waited till Sunday, the two of them would be a little distant, a little right. disjointed. Maybe one person's like, are we going to do it Sunday? If you just, it, quote unquote, get it, get out, it of, out of the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go it for it. Ju- it just, you know, and, and they found that... That schedule really helped. It, it was just like, there's no question. We have right. sex every Friday night. Now this couple didn't have their kids had moved out, so it was easier to make that schedule. If you have kids, sometimes you you got to put it on the schedule. You got to pull up your Google calendars, <laughs> and you got to say, okay, where's where's a time when the kids are at school or at a babysitter, and we have an hour together, and we're not going to be too tired or <laughs> or full with food. And can
1: can you say things like, all right. So Friday nights are sex nights, with or without you.
0: <laughs>
1: like, or or can you walk around the house and paint your your ass red like baboons? Does that help
0: with a big bullseye? <laughs> so another page. So a patron wrote us in. I can't. I'm sorry if I forgot who it was. I lost the notes that indicated who it was. So thanks for writing that in. They actually sent us the links and everything, and I wouldn't have known about it otherwise. Anonymous patron wrote in and asked us. I was wondering if you could give some insight on the statement, I was just kidding, after saying something hurtful or offensive. For example, if someone blatantly makes fun of your clothes or hairstyle, and in response to your offended or hurt reaction, the person says, come on, I was just kidding. Sometimes it makes me feel that I'm being silly for being offended. But most of the time, I feel confused and even more hurt that they might have said something that really mean, that was mean. The most recent occurrence was when I was having a conversation with my husband about pressing the snooze button on the alarm. I have a hard time waking up in the morning and have a bad habit of snoozing my alarm once or twice, which affects him since he also hears these alarms and it wakes him up too. At one point in the conversation, he says, yeah, it's really selfish of you, which really hurt my feelings. I must have had a sad reaction and I asked him if he really felt that way about me and he replied, I'm just teasing. Do you think it's common for people to use this excuse as a way of getting something off their chest and to and they're too afraid to own it? Maybe they really are just kidding and I simply just don't get their sense of humor. What do you think, Berto? What a dumb question.
1: <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Uh, no, 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 no. First of all, not a dumb question. So I think there's at least two varietals here. I, I, I don't think that just kidding comes in one size because there is literally the, you know, like someone is, uh, someone is like, where should we go for dinner? It's like, let's go to McDonald's. <laughs> just kidding. Right. Like that's just kidding. I'm just kidding. Right. And granted, that's not offensive. Maybe it's offensive if, if you like McDonald's or something. But then there is the one where it's really, I said something I meant, but now I need a social way to diffuse it. So it's like, you kind of look fat in that. (laughs) Just just kidding. Just kidding. So those, I could totally understand the point because like, wait a minute. First of all, the thing you said is is something that that could be hurtful. And maybe there's a history there with that and stuff like that. And so you don't get to just throw that out and then – with a statement of just kidding make it look like i i wasn't hurt like imagine some more extreme examples like i'm gonna murder you tonight in your sleep huh just kidding or like you know or or, or racial things or really horrible things you you don't get to just throw out just kidding and make whatever you just said go away right so i think that there's gradients to this
0: yeah i'm gonna put two varietals as you said in one of your varietals okay so I'm going to have two sub-varietals. Sub-varietals. So yeah, you have the varietal where it's not aggressive and not hostile. Right. And just literally the person is just, just kidding. Just joshing. But you have the other one where it is aggressive. This is what we call passive aggression. Right. It's aggression, but it's passive. People often misuse that term, passive aggression, when they're actually referring to just flat-out aggression. Right there, here you go. We're explaining things again, Honda. Just no, statistically, kidding. on my... I <laughs> just kidding. Good. Just kidding. <laughs> um, so, the first subriddle is a retracted aggression. That I'm thinking. That's my term. Yeah, is where you are uh, having an emotional reaction, and you say something out of that emotion, and then you very quickly regret having said that, and you went too far. And you don't have a protocol based on your upbringing in all likelihood to say something like, oh, I went too far. And instead, you try to uh, make up for it by saying, oh, just kidding. Just kidding. You know I don't mean it. Right. And actually, I want to just talk about this for a little bit because this is something that I don't think I've ever verbalized that I've been thinking about for 15 years plus, which is that every once in a while, I hope everyone experiences this, or I don't hope, but... I hope I'm not unique in this way in that I will say something and instantly regret it. And then I'll wait too long to make up for it when I, when I could have easily just made up for it in the moment. I see. Like saying something like, Oh, sorry. Like one of the things that I'll do is I consider it sort of a nerdy thing where I'll just blurt something out and I, and I'm not eloquent in the moment. And then, I'll suddenly realize based on the reaction of other people that I was too energetic or something. Too, <laughs> and it's too nerdy is the word that I have for it. Uh-huh. And, and then like 10 minutes later, I'll be mulling it over in my head and, and I'll be like, well, should I say something now? But it's 10 minutes later. How great would it have been if I just would have said something right after like, right. sorry, that came out wrong like, and I've said this to myself, I've tried to coach myself, like, (laughs) just say right away, sorry, that came out wrong, right? Just say, I'm sorry, that came out wrong. That was too intense, or that was that came out weird. Sorry, let me rephrase that. (laughs) Or let me tone that down a little bit. I just, like 1% of the time, I manage that. And 15 years ago, I never managed that. Right. This I'll give an example. And if any of my colleagues at Antioch are listening, uh, please, Take this as an apology for what happened earlier this week. So we had a baby shower for a colleague and we submitted our baby pictures for that game. Oh. where you, you try to guess who was who. Yeah. Well, I purposely picked a picture that was that would throw people off the scent because as a half Asian with a humongous head, it would be super easy to detect <laughs> that it was me. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, At least that's what I thought. And so I actually picked a picture of me and my mom where my mom is like not only blonde, but like white blonde Uh and blue eyes and very pale skin. And then I am an infant, a baby, and she put a blonde wig on me. Oh. (laughs) But it's clearly a wig because... I'm probably so four months old and I have this <laughs> right. huge head of blonde hair. right? And I thought, no one's going to guess this is me. right? And I kind of got a little kick out of that because, I, you know, when I think about it, it's a history of everyone just assuming that both of my parents look like me skin tone wise. Sure. When my mom, you know, my mom is super blonde and blue eyes. Right. You know what I mean? And so, It's – I always kind of like throwing people off. Like, look, you can't judge a book by its cover and in terms of race and ethnicities, particularly for mixed people. It's sort of like when people first saw Obama's mom, people were like, whoa, that's a white woman. You You know know what I mean? mean? And so I like that because I I don't want people assuming things about things like that. Anyway, so I think that I had a little bit of energy around that, a little bit of Mm -hmm. like resentment that I didn't notice in the moment. And so anyway, where everyone's guessing and no one is guessing that's me. And people are like, <laughs> "Kirk, are you on this thing?" I was like, "I don't know, you're just going to have to." And then they everyone's looking at this cuz one of my colleagues is half Asian as well. Okay. Uh and everyone was like, "That must be Kirk." But and I was like, "Of course, you're going to go to the obvious Asian-y looking right. kid, you know?" And so I when they didn't they announced it, and they're like, "Okay, with the real person of this of real this, slim shady, and I stand up, and everyone's like, "Whoa, and then I just blurt out, I have a white mother <sighs> oh, awkward <laughs> and <sighs> I, I and everyone goes silent. Oh, this is like twenty people. Oh, awkward! Just goes awkward. silent, and I and I'm like, wait, what's happening? And I'm, 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 oh no! And I'm like, <laughs> and then fast forward about I don't know, a couple hours, and we're in a oh. different we're in a different room, and one of my uh, and and we have a lot of new professors too, so a lot of these people are are they don't know me very well, and. One of the new guys says – is telling someone else, yeah, we had a good party. And, you know, Kirk basically called us all racist for, for – <laughs> he said that, which I loved. Right. Because I'm right. like, okay, good. That diffuses it a bit. Yeah. But I still <laughs> – That's didn't, something I would have said. <laughs> I still didn't have the right thing to say. Yeah. And what I wish I would have said – one, I wish I wouldn't have said anything. I would just be like, yeah, yeah that's me. I threw you off the track or yeah. something. Or when I did stand up and say, I have a white mother, you know, and everyone's like, huh? And I'd be like, oh, that came out wrong. Sorry. I'm not calling you all racist. I, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just saying I, I purposely picked a picture to try to throw people out. You know, I wish I would have said, right, right, right. but I did So I think so for some people, they will say like, uh, you know, yeah, it's really selfish of you that you have the alarm. Right. Uh, that you keep pressing snooze. And they're like, whoa, that came out a little strong. Yeah. What I wanted to say was something more nuanced. Like, yeah, yeah I, I wish you wouldn't do that, but I don't right. think you're a terrible person. I just right. kind of wish you would st- every, you know, I sometimes in the morning I'm like, "Ugh, you know, I'm, I, I'm really tired and I wish I would've got another half an hour of good sleep. And yeah, I, I don't hate you, but I, you know, but I wish I wouldn't have said, yeah, it's really selfish of you. <laughs> so oh, I'm just kidding, I'm just joking. So, the other uh, sub varietal is veiled aggression, actual yeah. meaningful intentional aggression they're angry and they're hurt and they want to express it, but they don't really trust the other person to hear them so in this example with the alarm, he it may, you know, I could see a scenario where he's chronically annoyed with you hitting snooze, yep. and I just have to say anonymous patron I'd be annoyed with that too and i've been <laughs> and I've been there before okay it's like you can snooze. All you want after I've woken up. Sure. You can snooze all you want in your own room. Right. But if I'm in the room with you, you're snoozing me. <laughs> right. One, your alarm <laughs> should be quiet enough that it doesn't wake me up. Right. Or unless you've agreed you you have the same wake up. Or it, I'll give you one shot to <laughs> and it'll and I'll wake up too. Yeah. But if you keep hitting goddamn snooze, like I'm really protective yeah. of, of my sleep. Yeah, totally. And because it 's not just a luxury it 's a it 's a physical need right and so um so yeah, so I could see you know so let 's say he 's a little annoyed and he wants it to stop, hmm. and he he wants to say something, and it 's building in him over time, right for weeks and weeks and weeks, maybe years he 's just like, "Oh, I want to say something, I want her to stop doing that." And it's building inside of him because he doesn't trust the situation well enough to say something, whether that has anything to do with the anonymous patron or not, uh, is, is irrelevant. It's just it's the pressure is building in him. He starts telling a story about like, oh, you're so selfish. When in reality, it's like, well, you haven't said anything yet. So, you know. Um, and then one day, he just explodes with this hostile statement. That's so selfish of you. Right. And then he immediately thinks oh, that's unfair, but I kind of believe it. But I don't know how to explain it. And yeah, and I don't have a protocol, and I don't have a way, and I'm worried that I'm going to lose you because I don't want you to leave me. That's one of the reasons why I didn't say anything in the first place because right. I'm afraid you're going to leave me. And so I'll just say I was teasing because it's the shortest thing I can say to get out of this. Right. And then he resumes to stifle his feelings.
1: So, I mean, I, I will say I've definitely done the-, the first version. I've probably done both versions of that. But certainly the first version where I feel – I, I want to say something, but I don't want the confrontation. So it would be like, like ah, knowing you, you're probably going to not bring any chips to the party. <laughs> just kidding.
0: But am I kidding? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So the intent is there and just saying you're not kidding isn't isn't the – it doesn't erase it. Right. The solution, if you're a victim of this, is to actually, particularly if it's a spouse, and my recommendation is, you know, if that person is in therapy and they bring this up with their therapist, then they can work on this. But if they're not, it's kind of up to you to do what you can do to change it, which is to go to that person and just say, so when you say just kidding, sometimes I feel like you're not just kidding. Right. And... What I'll say to that is, if you have something you want to tell me, I just want you to know that you can tell me. Yeah. And if like with the alarm thing, I get the impression that you actually might have wanted to tell me that you didn't like it and you wanted me to change that, and which I totally get. And if you would have told me to change it, I would have absolutely honored that. You didn't have to, you could have said that the first time it bothered you. I don't right. know, is that how you feel? Do you want me to change that? well, yeah, it's, you know, it's pretty selfish of you to, to do that, or whatever they right. say. You know? Yeah, I totally want you to change that. Don't you think it's sort of dumb that you hit snooze? Okay, I agree. I, I just wish you would have told me a long time ago so yeah. that you wouldn't have built up so much anger about right. this. But I get it now, and I hear you, and I, I will absolutely stop doing it. And thank you for telling me. Yeah. You know? And then at the end of it, say, just kidding. So let's take a break. And when we get back, let's talk about some more of your short questions. What do you say, Bruto? Let's do it. All right, we're back from the break. So, if you want to become an upper-level patron, you get different benefits. At $20, you get the mug, which we will personally mail to you. It's a wonderful coffee mug I use it every day. It's it's perfect. I think perfect handle perfect size not too big not too small and if you're a $35 patron which might I might raise up to 50 I'm not sure you get a free hour of consultation with me uh, education uh, consultation I wouldn't have originally thought that that would be anything that anyone would want but on the survey people were like if you want to spruce up the the benefits to patrons I'd love to have a you know some consultation time to get my specific questions answered, kind of a thing. I can't provide therapy in that way, but I can provide education. At what at what level do they get access to the secret club? Uh, that's a secret. Oh. So if you're looking for archived episodes, we this episode is probably number eight fifty ish. Seven hundred of our episodes, or six five to seven hundred of our episodes, are only available on the website, and. For those of you who primarily listen to the podcast on your phone, you can actually go to the website on your phone and listen to episodes on your phone. It's a very – it's like a convenient – it's like another app for the podcast. So I encourage you, if you're looking to listen to older episodes, and and when people really like the podcast, they want to listen to everything. In fact, a guy emailed today and said that he has gone back to the very first episodes – and is starting to listen to those. Wow. Which I can't imagine the contrast in style, <laughs> in style and competence totally. <laughs> to, to today.
1: But there is a freshness about it. so I guess. And a relevance because all those topics uh, that we did that were like news. <laughs> yeah.
0: Also, buy my book, Multi-Role Clinical Supervision. Also, join the Facebook fan group. You can tweet us. You can Facebook us. You can... Instagram us, and also if you are also I I'm available for hire as a consultant, and I'm guessing Berto is too. I don't know what your I price will is. consult. I will help you uh, overcome
1: your deepest darkest problems. Oh boy! By the way, um, so you know how you have an Oscar party coming up?
0: Yeah. So, well, this will be posted after the Oscar party. So, oh, did you
1: know how you had an Oscar party that was coming up? Yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, someone I know is cramming for that Oscar party. Yeah, and they were trying to watch Black Klansmen. Yeah, and they were halfway through watching it when they realized that it, they thought it was the stylistic uh, decision to make it look like a sixties movie. Oh no! And then they looked up, and there was a movie in the sixties called Black. Klansman, two words, is not black KKK Klansman, and so they were watching a completely different movie oh. for like half of it. Half, yeah, they got halfway through. They just thought that it was done in this sixties
0: style. How would you not know? Because <laughs> sixties movies, particularly sixties, because things took a turn in the seventies. How would you not know that it wasn't the actual movie? Yeah, they're like it was very melodramatic. <laughs> Oh my God.
1: (laughs) You know how sometimes they do movies like that silent movie that came out a few years ago that we were railing about recently? The Artist. The Artist.
0: Yeah. Well, now I'm curious about that movie. It's like, what in the 60s, what was it about? Right. So someone wanted us to talk about renewable energy. What do you think, Berto?
1: Uh, Wow, that's a fantastic topic. I actually think, so in some other countries, this is not only like a topic, it's a thing that they've been doing at a policy and and governmental level for for decades now, Um, here it's sort of like a, oh, what? Let's talk about that.
0: Right. I mean, we're definitely doing things, but not nearly what other countries are doing because of our politicians. Yep. It's that simple.
1: Coal and oil.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. What percentage of the world energy is made by renewables like biomass, geothermal, hydro, solar, wind, what percentage of, of the, the world of the world
1: today uh oh man i hope it's like 40%
0: 22 uh, coal what do you think percentage coal 60 40 40 so 40% yeah. of the world's energy is by coal well technically coal is renewable <laughs> yeah in what in the millions long of years scale <laughs> natural gas which is also problematic but not as much as coal but still problematic
1: uh 30%
0: 21 21% nuclear
1: oh ugh. 15%
0: close 11 oil
1: how many percentages are we left now not 20, much. 16 million. wait out of the total but if coal is not you say coal is uh 40% yeah
0: Oil, oil is four percent. Four percent, yeah, not much. Oh,
1: because that's only powering cars and stuff like that.
0: Right. So, from what I understand, so yeah, uh, we're doomed. Background level extinction as a is just one effect of our pumping of greenhouse gases into and other pollutions, pollutants into the environment. Background level extinction. How many species do you think are going extinct? Uh, so, so background level extinction is without (laughs) us being alive, how many species go extinct every year? Like just naturally. So, I
1: see how many to like a total number.
0: Yeah. Oh geez. On Uh, average, a thousand, I know just 10. Okay. (laughs) If it was a thousand, then we don't evolve that quickly. So, so about 10 species a year typically will go extinct according to most estimates. Okay. How many? Uh, that's
1: across insects and everything?
0: Yeah. Okay. 10 species. Okay. I mean, it seems like not that much, but when you think about okay. uh, eons, sure. Right? Because that's when you measure these yep. sorts of things. Like if you count that up over 10,000 years, yep. that's it's a lot of species. Yeah. <laughs> um, today, uh, how many species are going extinct per, per year? So oh, normally it's 10. How many species are going extinct? in today's Oh, my God. A hundred. 50,000.
1: What the... What?
0: (laughs) 50,000. We're so done. We're doomed. It's already (sighs) happening. So,
1: do you think this is why there are no signs of life that we've found anywhere?
0: It could be. Like, people just... The other thing is the larger Hadron Collider could actually blow up the Earth because we don't know, but... uh,
1: But let's say you get to... Let's say you get to enough uh, development as a species in some planet and you find these very efficient energy sources and you just start using them yeah. and then that leads to your planet no longer be survivable. survival. Of
0: course, there's no way to know the answer to this question, but the uh, speculation that this or some other, like a mass nuclear winter, or some other thing that yeah. emerges universally prior to our ability to handle these things seems possible by 2050, which is in a very short, what, 29 years, half of all species will be extinct. Half. Wow. So pick, pick two animals. One of them will be extinct. Wow. Now, of course this is including insects and sea creatures and bacteria, (laughs) but half of all species will be completely gone Right. never to return right this is a mass extinction event similar to the cambrian right. you know similar to when uh, the dinosaurs died off it, it this will have sweeping ecological effects
1: do you think that is it maybe part of this why there is a set of folks that maybe know this and then they're basically now like nothing we do can can matter at this point and so let's just go out with a bang
0: no what the experts will say that I hear is we're doomed, but we're even more doomed (laughs) if we don't do something like there's still time to save those 50%. If we do nothing, the last 50% will also be dead. Yeah. totally. So we can, we can absolutely do something now. And, and the thing we have to do is stop somehow pumping, uh, you know, greenhouse gases into the environment and finding some way of quarantining those things, which lots of people are working on. And how do you,
1: how do you like, we got to quarantine the U S in a way (laughs) because, and I mean, you could make an argument for other countries as well, but um, like I, there doesn't seem to be a way for us, even if we elect, like we elected Obama and that still wasn't enough. Because Obama
0: wasn't good enough on environment. That's that's what I mean.
1: That wasn't even good enough.
0: Well, Let alone now, like well, now I, I we're just, reversing the other direction. Obama wasn't as progressive as other. That, that's what I mean. Yeah.
1: That, that was. Obama well, so was what like, we
0: need is a progressive. Yeah, I know. Which, which could happen in this next election could in twenty. But we the, need the Senate and Congress to be there too. Uh, right. So yeah. God knows, but. The, it's It's within grasp it's not impossible. Yeah. I don't agree that it's impossible. other countries have have made and and it's not like that strange of a thing well what, what we have to do is we are the biggest economy that has ever existed, and it we're bigger than china we're you know bigger than Germany. We have a massive amount of resources and technical know how and power and And if we just dedicated, you know, a hundred times more to this, we would not feel it in our lives in terms of having to sacrifice more. We just have to spend. How about we only buy half the tanks that we're buying every year? How about we stop subsidizing oil companies half as much? We would have all of that money. And we would accelerate the innovation for wind, for solar, for geothermal, for, for uh, you know, nuclear uh, Nuclear isn't great, but it's a lot fucking better than coal and oil and natural gas. Yeah. It's not great. It has its own problems. But if we don't have anything else, nuclear is a much better option. And we need to start doing this. And yeah. people are like, "Well, I'm recycling." I'm here to tell you, most of that shit's going into the ground. And two, there's a lot of space for uh, shit to go in the ground. Like that, the recycling landfill thing is not a not nearly as important as a run out particularly a runaway greenhouse effect. Well, but but but, yeah. but short of that, a mass global like imagine the entire. Uh, Uh, Equatorial region of the world Becoming a vast Sand dune desert Yeah And crops uh, In That we consider to be The bread belt of the United States Or Russia Completely become uh, Unable to produce food Yeah And the only place you can start uh, Growing food is inside Which is really hard to do for You know 10 billion plus people Or in new sort of weird reasons in like Greenland and Upper Canada or something yeah. like this is not good for anybody. Yeah.
1: Which by the way, that's uh, I've said this before. the The part that I really never understand uh, about the 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 folks in, in power mostly is that they must be in such big denial about this because how can you? Just being very selfish, let's say you're a very selfish person and you just want comforts for you. you, you probably also want them for your family.
0: It's, it's so rare to find
1: someone that really
0: doesn't care about their family. It is so much more convenient to go into denial when you have someone who is drinking alcohol every day and it's been a slippery slope to drinking when they wake up in the morning – or at least as soon as they get off work yeah. and they never really set out to be this sort of person, but they are. And they're like, well, you know, I'm not as bad as I used to be. And, you know, I function. I'm, I'm a good, I'm, I, you know, I deserve it. I go to work every day and you know what my spouse, they're kind of a jerk anyway. And I, I need this for myself to cope there. There are so many things to tell yourself that, you, that are available to us to sustain whatever life that we feel like we need to and to avoid our fears. And the vast majority of Americans, politicians and otherwise, are committing this, even though they've been told plenty, particularly politicians, my God, how many times. Now, are some people just flat out evil, like, well, I'm going to be dead in 10 years, so I don't give a crap. Absolutely, that could be possible. But I think most of them are are in denial. Also, the politicians follow their constituency. So if their constituency is calling for jobs in oil and coal specifically for some people, and their constituency – is that the right word, constituency? Yeah. And their constituency, almost none of them are calling for environmental actions, pro-environment actions, then, well, that's their job. I just – but I actually don't don't see that. I I see –
1: You made a point in in another episode that I think applies here, which is I actually think that in this case is the constituency being fed the 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 story that they need to be fed, and then they believe that story. So you know the story in this case is because of the money interest, which is there's a ton of money in oil still. There's a ton of money in coal still, right? So the the story is that's American. That's we want true American supremacy and nothing's more American than oil and coal and coal jobs. And that's – all this foo-foo, you know, new, like, sun things and all that stuff is is not American. And so then you get fed that and then you start believing it.
0: And then, you know yeah, – Yeah. Certainly. I mean, it's uh, certainly a factor and ridiculous. Uh, and, yeah, we're um, – we're heading towards a cliff and we don't really know what's on the other side and we're not doing much. People are doing things and there's, you know, success stories, but our pumping of, of uh, just just one, one thing we're doing, which is terrible, which is pumping CO2 in the atmosphere is ever increasing. Even if we stabilized our current rate, we're still doomed. So There's so many things that have to change about us, and I'm through fucking taking responsibility for it myself. Like, I could say, okay, I you know should stop using electricity. I should stop driving my car. I should stop buying products and stuff. Sure, and I I I do that. I think I do a half-hearted version of this. But even if we all do that, it it's not going to change. It's not going to change anything. What we need is governmental worldwide level like the the Paris Accord and other things like that that weren't enough to begin with by the way to completely in a in a short amount of time which is attainable alter the in, the entire power structure the energy policy and the energy production of our of our world it's possible and there's evidence every year solar is getting more efficient yeah. more cheaper more economy of scale and the biggest economy in the world is like well fuck it you know it's it, it's it's not really happening like
1: well but it's 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 a minority of people in this country that are, that are in power yeah well and and that support them yeah yeah like I think you probably have... I think if you ran a poll, it is probably like 30 to 40% of people would say that
0: it's not a problem. So MD wrote in and wanted us to pick a patron at random and then, Berto, you would give them a drawing in the mail. Woo! Because on the survey, people were like, as a patron benefit, in addition to consultation, another thing I'd really love is a personalized drawing from Umberto. I'll do it. So... What do I have to draw for? Well, let, I'm going to pick the person. So okay. I'm looking at our most newest patrons. Okay. And I'm looking for someone who has their photograph because I always like to, to see the person. And I'm also looking for someone who has their address. And that person is Jana from Texas. Woo! Jana from Texas.
1: It's a personalized drawing. Gets
0: a personalized drawing for Berto. Uh, what are you going to draw for patron Jana from Texas? I'm
1: going to draw a scene from He-Man.
0: Okay. Next thing to do here is patron Torin wrote in and said, Berto, what do you think about the Kevin Spacey Let Me Be Frank video? This is from a while ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I Man, it's it's horrible to say, but I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, that guy can act. It's crazy.
0: Right. So Kevin Spacey got in trouble uh, during the Me Too movement for having been outed for being a sexual harasser in a very aggressive, nasty, abusive way toward uh, uh, men and women or just men? I think just men. And he was ostracized from, from Hollywood and cut from his hit TV show, House of Cards. And then a couple months ago... He records this video at home Uh of himself labeled Let's Be Frank. And he's basically channeling the character of Frank Underwood from House of Cards. And he is addressing the camera like he does in House of Cards. Right. Breaking the fourth wall. And he's basically saying, let's be frank. And what was was he saying in the video? Well,
1: so that's the thing is uh, it it was – it could be taken from at least two different contexts. On the one hand, if you just – let's say this controversy had never happened. But that they – let's say they had still done the, this last season without him and that he had died in the in the show. In that case, this would have been like this brilliant, surreal thing where he's talking about how maybe he's not really dead. And did you think it was really that easy that he would just die after all that? So from that perspective, that was sort of the character he was playing. Yeah. But then, of course, there's the reality of what happened to him. And from that perspective, every word he said also applied. It was like, do you think it was really that easy to get rid of me? Do you really believe everything you've been told? And, and and so from that, he was sort of implying, like, there's a lot more to this story that you don't know, and you shouldn't believe everything, and I'm coming back, and you know I and you want
0: me back. Yeah, it's hard to say, and you're you're reminding me of the message, which is good— it's hard to say what was happening and what, he, what his intention was, but given what we know about his personality as a uh, person who would feel okay with chronically scaring human beings into having sex with him and seemed to get off on that. And, was, and, and that like is in the context of him being abusive verbally to people on sets yeah. and being a, a general real horrible human being. Uh, I suspect that he has a personality that makes it difficult for him to take criticism and really empathize with other people. Yeah. And he released this video from that place. I
1: and, don't know that, but it now, seems there's
0: some evidence there.
1: Some conspiracy theorists on the web were saying that he was sending a message to the enclave of of pedophiles and uh, in the
0: you know out there in power that's not a conspiracy saying, that's just a theorist well it's not a conspiracy well so, no
1: they do that is conspiracy cuz it's this tied to the whole clinton staying in the pizza oh, gate and all that stuff what yeah yeah this this is what they were saying hey so the alex jones people basically he's saying he's sending a message to them saying like you better be careful i know you did this to me but if you don't stop i'm going to
0: come out with more truths and you know what those truths are oh god yeah. Uh, Patron Torin asked a really great question, really great question that has nothing to do with psychology. He asked us to talk about the rock and roll Hall of Fame. So, nice. recently inducted was Nirvana and Pearl Jam. Did you know that? Wait, recently? Um, I think so. Wow. Yeah. Because the How long
1: does it take?
0: Well, the the quali- to qualify, you need to be 20 years after your first album.
1: Oh, okay. So that is a hard requirement in terms of time. I didn't realize that. Right.
0: Okay. So Nirvana and Pearl Jam, their first albums were in the early 90s, okay. yep. late 80s. So it coincided with. Cool. Um, Absolutely
1: deserved to be in there.
0: Yeah. Uh, nominated uh, is The Cure. What do you mean nominated? So
1: they didn't been, get in?
0: No. But they've been nominated. What? Uh, Radiohead Wait wait wait. come on.
1: I, I could see an argument about the cure. H-
0: how can how can Radiohead not get in? No the cure to me is way more classic and long-standing. For
1: me, I would agree with that. but I think for the mainstream it and might not older be true. by the way. sure
0: and uh, influential.
1: Sure. but I'm just I'm surprised that Radiohead
0: didn't make the cut. Stevie Nicks is nominated. Well, By herself? Okay, fine. you're You're maybe confusing. They're being nominated, which means they're likely to get in. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought they were nominated but didn't get in. No, no, no. I'm glad um, you cleared that. Nominated means... Okay,
1: well then, they're great. Up,
0: they're up for consideration. I'm glad.
1: I'm, I'm surprised yeah. that they wouldn't be. <laughs> well,
0: we'll get into... Who, Some of the upsets? Yeah. So, okay. Stevie Nicks from Fleetwood Mac sure. is nominated. And the zombies, which is kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's like, okay. yeah, great, but they're not anything on the level of The nope. Cure and Radiohead and Nirvana and Pearl Jam. Don't get me wrong. I love some of the zombie songs, and they were really quite unique for their time. Yeah. So, Patron Torrin asked, do you feel like this is a legitimate cultural institution or simply a money-making scheme? What do you think, Brito? Well, I,
1: I mean, it's probably a little bit of both. I, I think there's nothing wrong and, and actually very interesting about uh, honoring... You know, very influential or impactful musicians over time, and I'm sure they make money in the process. It's like a lot of fundraisers are that way, you know.
0: Yeah, it's similar to the Oscars. There's this notion that the Oscars represent the people or something, and they don't. There, it's a group of people who vote on that, and And it makes a ton of money, (laughs) and it represents those people, and they're not representative of the of of everybody. The similar way that the Rotten Tomatoes score or even the user rating on Rotten Tomatoes doesn't represent the people. It's right. just of those people. Um, motorhead, MC5. So this is patron torn motorhead, the MC5, Dick Dale and the monkeys have not been inducted. So uh, I think Pedro Torin is saying like they should be. Um, what do you think about that? Motorhead MC5. Dick Dale. I, I can
1: see an argument about motorhead. Although personally, I don't care. Uh, the monkeys? Come on. Why Why would you induct the monkeys?
0: Why would you what? Why would you induct the monkeys? Well, so there are two points of view, which I think are both valid. One is that the monkeys were a joke. They were a concoction of, of Hollywood, or uh, literally, I think. And they didn't really play their instruments. They didn't, or they rarely played their instruments. They rarely wrote their own music. And they're not a real band. They're a concoction of corporations, which today we would say, well, that's, that's kind of typical. Yeah. But back then that was really not typical. And, and no one really considered the monkeys, or very few people considered the monkeys to be like a legitimate band back in the day. The other angle is they absolutely have some mammoth awesome hits. Forget about who wrote them. They often did sing them at least. Yeah. And they ended up learning how to play them. And they are a massive cultural stepping stone or marker or something of importance uh, and way more noticeable and have way more noticeable hits than the zombies did. So And they're rock and roll and I don't know. I wouldn't have
1: inducted the zombies either. But it's like...
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: I would just feel weird if I'm like... Okay, radiohead, everyone, yay, okay, up next, the monkeys, it's like god
0: I wouldn't i i i I have a love hate relationship with the monkeys in this in this way, and so there's definitely a part of me which was your favorite album I, I had a bunch of their albums when oh i gosh. when I was in high school, so so I loved the Beatles, right, yeah, and I had no cultural historical context for the monkeys, so I just thought the monkeys were just another band from the sixties I know
1: two of their songs, one of them I like I love
0: Little uh. Night. You know more than that, actually. I don't uh, think so. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to name them. You, you probably know five or six of their songs. You, yeah. just, you just can't remember them. Um, Preacher asks, the future asks, <laughs> what do you think about the future of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Uh, well, that's going to be weird. They, they us uh, they, see. We, are, we already have hip-hop artists like Tupac in there. Yeah. But eventually, do you think crappy bands like Limp Bizkit or artists like P. Diddy or 50 Cent will get in there? Look at the state of rock and roll in recent years. There are very few popular rock bands, popular rock and roll bands, and yeah. only recent examples I can think of are bands like The Strokes, uh, White Stripes, Rage Against the Machine, Bjork, Nine Inch Nails, Soundgarden, well, which, it, which aren't actually recent. I mean, The Strokes were popular fifteen years ago. The Nine White Inch Nails Stripe- like
1: thirty years. Old.
0: <laughs> the White Stripes were popular twenty years ago. Yeah, you know, Soundgarden was yeah thirty years ago. So. So yeah, what do you think about it? is so yes, well, is, is rock and roll dead?
1: Yeah, so I mean, so growing up, we uh, you probably were the same. Whenever you're you're growing up, you think that what you see around you is sort of steady state. That must be the way the world has been. That that's the way the world will be. Um, in that, you, you see the fashions, you see the things that are happening, the, the patterns, the daily, the rhythm of business, so to speak, and you think that's how life is, because that's all you know, that's all you see. So I certainly made the assumption growing up that this is how music is. Music is this thing that you have weekly hits that you listen to on the radio, and then there's a few bands that you really get into, and over time, uh, you know, there's One Hit Wonders and then there's bands, and that's how music is. But that's completely different nowadays. Yes, they, they still have top 40 charts and stuff, but they're sort of meaningless. People consume music in ways never before possible, blah, blah. blah. So music is both dead in the ways that we were uh, um, accustomed to. And at the same time, it's more alive than it's ever been. So it's a really, it's a really hard question to answer in the future because what, yeah, what are, if you ask the random person, like, what are your top, say, 10 new musical acts of this year? That's a really hard question for a lot of people to answer. So some of them don't even know what's come out. You know, whereas when we were growing up, you, you could list at least the top 10 of the weekly songs that you liked. And you, you knew so much about time and place and who was who that that's no longer the case, at least for my, my generation. Maybe the young kids are with it and still know what's up, but I don't even know what that means. Is it latest YouTube releases? Is it latest movie songs that they've seen? What, what does it even mean?
0: It's still tracks. That are popular. That they found how. Where did they find those tracks? It's got to be like Spotify. The same recommend- way we did. I mean, not, no. not on the radio per se, but word of mouth. Yeah, there, word internet. of mouth
1: and on Spotify, like on digital medium, right?
0: And on people sharing and Facebook or Instagram. A lot less
1: the radio probably. Right,
0: right. But yeah. it's, it's similar. I mean, there are, there are definitely songs that 15-year-olds know and they all know. Right, so yeah. that we don't know. So, but there's what's the rock band that they're all into? Well, they're not. So, right, or the very few anyway. So, yeah, uh, you ask, is rock and roll dead? I don't think so. It's just not popular. There are so many rock bands right now that are not popular, but are still producing. Especially when you sort of expand it to alternative rock, there are so many. Uh, Tame Impala, for example, it's is old now. <laughs> yeah, but they're pretty. You know, he's pretty big and. And I would call a lot of their music rock. There are, there's just, there's, there's just a ton of bands now, but they're not big like they were in the past. In the past, it was, there was a good string. There were twenty years. There was at least some version of rock that was in the top forty. And they
1: don't have the same cultural impact,
0: right? But so is it so is it dead? No. I mean, in Seattle, you go out to a club, most most clubs in Seattle. So Seattle's different than a lot of other cities in that. We have a lot of live music per capita. There's a lot of people. People will just go out, including me, will just go to a bar to watch four bands play. And it's almost always, quote unquote, rock of some, of some form. So it's not dead. And, and a lot of the bands are young. I mean, we're talking like 21-year-old kids playing rock yeah. music or some version thereof and they're super into it, and they're into the old classics and everything, you know what I mean? So it's not dead, it's just not popular. Yeah. Um, The last thing we'll end with is, if the qualification for being inducted is 20 years after the artist's debut album, who else do you think uh, will be nominated in the future? So you're at a disadvantage, because Berto actually looked up everyone who was not in who should be in. Yeah. But... Can you think of anyone who you think wouldn't be in who should be in?
1: <laughs> so like upsets, potential upsets? Yeah. Because
0: okay. I, I, I have a list of 30 artists that I think should absolutely be in who are not in. Alright,
1: uh, here we go. Stone Temple Pilots.
0: I don't know okay. if they're in or...
1: Um, Red Hot Chili Peppers.
0: I think they're in. They're in, already. I, okay. But I don't know.
1: Alright. It's uh, not on my
0: snub list. We'll just put it that way. Uh, NWA. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Okay. Um, I mean, give me but a time I liked, frame. I like
0: these. Give me a time frame. Well, it's basically starting in ago. the 60s and going until... Oh, I
1: see. Not just 20 years ago. Until
0: okay. uh, the through the early 90s. Oh,
1: I see. Okay, 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 okay. Well, uh Aha. <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, they're probably not in, and they probably deserve it. Maybe. I Maybe. But they I think... such so, an influential so, video. So, really, probably the better use of our time is I'm just going to read these 30, and yeah. some of these you're going to be like... React to them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, Smashing Pumpkins.
1: Come the fuck on. Why not?
0: They, there are they're a massive, humongous, mega-hit rock band. Yeah. And they're not... How? Now, I'm going to say Elliot Smith. <laughs> but wait, wait, what's your hypothesis about Smashing Pumpkins? That they're not in? Yeah, because the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has flaws, you know. Like it's it's a group of people oh who you know are not they okay. are not with it. Like okay. the zombies and okay. Stevie Nicks over Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> What's the next one you said? Uh, Elliot Smith, which okay. I I understand. It's, sure, I mean yep.
1: it's I love 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 Elliot Smith, but I could kind of understand yeah. that.
0: Also, the Cardigans, which is one. And of that's my,
1: one of your favorite bands,
0: but and I get that they <laughs> wouldn't be inducted. But Depeche Mode. I'm done, man. I can't. Come on, of all, of all the new wave stuff in the '80s, yeah. you you got to at least get them in. Nick Drake, which again I get, like Elliot Smith. Not a lot of people are, but Nick Drake is sort of a classic feel. Well, feel. And sorry, sorry for a second, because like Depeche Mode is still
1: touring. Yeah. You could say a lot of things about Smashing Pumpkins. They imploded. They did all these things. They're still touring. Fine, but they had a long, and they haven't really put out. Depeche Mode still puts out. Yeah, And Violator is one of the best albums of all fucking time.
0: Yeah. Pat Benatar, which seems like... That's crazy, too. Uh, New Order.
1: I mean, what are we doing to ourselves? Boston. Okay.
0: I mean, I... No, I'm not ba- as upset, but I. Uh, I mean, I'm not as upset, but Boston is right down the middle. Classic American rock sure. rock band that sure. had a, that album sure. was gigantic. The The Carpenters. Oh my God! Come on, Chubby Checker. What? Yeah, Chubby Checker. Chubby freaking Checker, who I think just died not too long ago.
1: That's so egregious, man.
0: Uh, Jim Croce.
1: Okay, I mean, I love him, but
0: the Doobie Brothers. Wait,
1: no, stop,
0: dude. Foreigner, (sighs) Foreigner. I mean, Foreigner had so many hits. Foreigner's a classic. So many hits. I've seen them live, actually. The Guess Who. Okay. Carol King. No, I mean, I don't even understand the logic. Is there a published
1: logic? Gordon Lightfoot. Well, how does it work? Do people just vote on it? What? I don't know. How does? I'm sure it's just. How does Carol King not get inducted? The Pixies. I mean, I love the Pixies, but fine. Um, if you're not going to have Carol King, I'm not going to die on the Pixies Hill. Devo. Fine. Devo needs to be in there. The Mark Mothersbaugh needs to be in there. The Smiths. Fine. I mean, uh, not fine, but fine. If, if you didn't have New Order in the Mode, get, get the fuck out. Judas Priest. Surprising, but I don't care. Scorps. Surprising, but I don't care. Jane's Addiction. Really surprising. I definitely care. Def but-
0: Def Leppard. Oh, that one's really surprising. Just seems like they would
1: be because, because at least the Mode and 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 the Order and the Cure. I'm like, yeah, well, you guys probably don't care about that kind of music, right? But freaking like pour some sugar on me,
0: like that's surprising. Thin Lizzy, which I get, but they should definitely be in there. Bad Brains, which don't, don't know that ben. should be in there. Uh, they're a black punk band. Bad Company, which okay was pretty big. Duran Duran. Oh. yeah. Oh, come on, the next Beatles, come on.
1: And T-Rex. Oh, that one's also really surprising, but Duran Duran? Yeah. Even if, you, even if you somehow debase yourself and don't put Depeche Mode in there, Duran Duran.
0: Yeah. And the other examples that Torrin gave, the Strokes, which I kind of get maybe in 10 years, White Stripes again, maybe no, 10 I'm years. not even having those arguments. If they, if they didn't get those other bands in, I'm done. Rage Against the Machine definitely should be in sure. there, and Soundgarden should be in there. Yeah. For some reason, I think Soundgarden, to people not from Seattle, was like a very distant third to Nirvana and Pearl Jam. Yeah. Whereas if in Seattle, Soundgarden was up there with Nirvana and Pearl Jam. But and, I feel like Alice in Chains was even bigger than them. Yeah. And, yeah. and so uh, it's it's always interesting. It's like the Seattle... Uh, perception of the grunge scene was right. was different than around the world.
1: Like, like for me, out of those bands, Soundgarden was my
0: favorite. Yeah, they, especially their later albums. Yeah. got so intricate and yeah. melodic and but still heavy and right, right, right. Yeah, Nirvana. I really l- thought the f- you know their main Nevermind album was catchy. I liked In Utero a little better. Yeah, but I was never like. Put me in some Nirvana. Right, right.
1: I, I, I has super respect for his songwriting. Yeah. And there are some songs that I definitely love. I love to hear them. And of course, when Smells Like Teen Spirit came out, it was
0: yeah. a moment. And Pearl Jam, similar. Like, I think with Nirvana and Pearl Jam, I just heard it so much that I never needed to put it in. But I honestly, very rarely was like, I need to hear myself some Pearl Jam. Yeah. But Soundgarden albums, yeah, the, yeah. the last few albums that they had, Super Unknown. Yep. Uh, Bad Motor Finger, and... Well, I remember
1: watching Singles, and when he comes on, like he's singing, Ritual. Yeah. Ritual!
0: I'm like, oh my God, what is this? Yeah. (laughs) Well, that does it for that episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining us out there. What do you think should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Uh, And do you want a picture that Umberto draws for you before the world dies from environmental (laughs) destruction? You might want to see the first picture I draw and then make a decision. But wait, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Because (laughs) you deserve it.